Hi. Before we start today's show, I want to share something really cool about today's guest, Antoine Araldi. He is in the middle of a 100 author challenge. His goal is to contact up to 100 different authors of books with the intention of some of them being either guests on his video blog, The Antoine Araldi Show, or to be interviewed on his website. If you are an author, or if you know an author who would be very interested in being interviewed by a very talented individual like Antoine Araldi, please contact myself or him. And now, on to the show. Good Eisenberg! Welcome to your favorite podcast. The name of the show is Eisenberg. My name is Ian Eisenberg. Each episode, I interview people that I find interesting. Some of them I know, others I don't. Today's guest is Antoine Rowe. He is a copywriter from the suburbs of Montreal. As I speak to him, he is about to graduate from college. This interview was actually a joint interview that originally aired on his video blog, The Antoine Araldi Show, and now it's getting the podcast treatment that it deserves. So ladies and gentlemen, Antoine Araldi. Yeah, so, um, so we're doing this video today as a joint interview. This is going to be part of the Antoine Araldi show. This is also going to be aired as part of my weekly podcast, which is called Eisenberg. So we're going to be interviewing each other and we're going to be learning a little bit more about each other. So hopefully people that normally listen to my show, besides checking out Antoine's content, which is great, will learn a little bit more about me and the people that watch a lot of Antoine's videos will learn more about him that you don't know as well as us learning about each other. Oh, perfect. Excellent. So what are you drinking? Uh, it's coffee with uh, chocolate milk. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah. I've, I've never done that before. I know in a past life I worked at Starbucks, and I'd come up with lots of exciting combinations for coffee. Yeah, since I'm not a huge coffee guy, I have to try to, like, uh, I guess, tone it down. <laughs> That works. I know I used to be a tea guy, and then I realized, wait, this coffee works? Wow, I could be awake. Sometimes I go for the five-hour energy, but we're recording this in the morning, so I don't think we need that right now. (laughs) Yep, so Antoine, if you could tell the audience about yourself, I know that you are, um, I know you're about to graduate from university, and that you are, um, you're work, doing some work as a copywriter and looking to further that, if you want to share with everyone. Yeah, right now I'm um, tomorrow. I have my last English uh, exam, so my major is English, and I still have uh, two months to go after that. I start school again on May eighth until June twenty second, and after that I'm done. Wow! So it's coming soon. So you're originally from from Montreal or a suburb of Montreal? Yeah, the suburbs of Montreal. Amazing. So is your native language French? Yeah, my first language is French, but I've been speaking English my whole life. Um, I'll tell you more about that then. So what happened is, as I live in Quebec, that 
people can't go to English school unless their parents went to English school. Wow. So, yeah. So there's a like, there's like a border there. So you basically, the way it worked is that my, my grandparents sent their children to English school for one year just to, because back then there was like a, a loop, like a, it's like a loophole and you could just like get in for one year. And if you didn't get, if you didn't let your children go to English school for that year, you weren't allowed anymore to send them to English school. But anybody who had access to go into English school for one year, so whoever did it would get, would get in and would like, would be able to send their children to English school later on. That's so fascinating. Small gap. That's amazing. And about like what percentage of Quebec um, have go to English school compared to people that don't? Um, I would have to do a lot of research on that. <laughs> I don't have the statistics, but um, if you go to Montreal and you speak English, you'll you'll do fine. But if you if you're going to the, the suburbs of Montreal, then it's going to be a little trickier for you to get by because. Only some some towns are English speaking. There are English schools all around Quebec, but it really depends on the on the town. And yeah, it's fascinating. Like I didn't realize that. Um, I went to college about an hour from Montreal in Plattsburgh, New York, and I was used to always cross the border, go to Montreal. Sometimes go to the duty free shops. I didn't realize. I knew there was a divide. I know that there was fights over the years with English and French. I know how the Montreal Canadiens were the French team and the Maroons were the English team back in the day. How how things have changed. How Montreal was very much a dominant English speaking city at one point, and now it's French, but people speak English. Yeah, well, Montreal is multicultural, so. Anybody, like, there are a lot of different sections in Montreal where there's, like, the Italians or there's, like, um, Spanish or whatever. There are, like, certain parts that you know that Italian, the Italians are there and so on. And, and Montreal doesn't divide the French and English as much as other smaller towns. Got it. Got it. So, so let's go into your career path in copywriting. What was it that brought you there? How did you discover it? Yeah, all right. So I'm, as, I'm an English major, but I like, what can you do with writing, right? That's the question that most writers would ask themselves. And you're here, you're stuck, and you're like, because the university courses do not reflect any career path since it's an under, undergraduate university they try to sell, they try to upsell their next thing, which is get a master's degree, get a doctor's degree. They're always trying to sell this, the next thing, but I knew I didn't want to spend more money on university, obviously. My parents are paying, but still, we don't believe that we should be going to school our whole lives for one career. We find that the bachelor's degree is enough. So from there... Um, my cousin was following an online online course, and on that course there's a copywriter, and that's he gave me access to the course just to see what it was, and from there I bought a, his the copywriter's course on his own website, so that's how I started investing in copywriting. Before that I didn't know much about it until I started like talking to the copywriter. 
that's some interesting stuff since I know that my only real experience about copy, I still remember in college taking broadcasting courses. I was a comm major and just hearing the word copy for just the word spoken. I, I didn't even realize that it was just called copy. And now mm. completely understand it. And I can see it just when I'm just listening to radio, watching TV, looking at stuff online. So what kind of companies or what kind of publications and what kind of businesses are you looking at working for? Um, personally, I just want to, uh, I really want to go freelancing full-time after university. So right now it's kind of hard to land clients and everything because of school. So kind of have to put the balance on that and decide what's more important right now. So there's there's that, but I, I do some recently during uh, last weekend, I wrote a landing page and a Facebook ad for um, this person that I found on a Facebook group. It's a copywriting Facebook group. So everyone tries to sell their pitch and stuff. Yeah. And that person was like, Oh, I'm leaving on vacation. I need a copywriter for my ad. So I told them, uh, I told her that I would do it for free. And that's how it got started. Excellent. And how much work have you done for free to just build up your, um, your resume and build up your portfolio as you start and as you, as you emerge from a college student to the professional that you're looking to become? Yeah. Well, for free, I haven't done that much. I've done the client that I just told you about and I have done a, a newsletter for one person that I don't know if I'm going to keep doing it since I didn't get any like uh, more information on that. And this other friend that I'm doing his newsletter every week. So that's all I do for free at the moment. I did one website, uh, copywriting on a website, but that one was, was paid. Excellent. Good. Um, you're making some money. So tell me about your videos and what led you to starting this show and your YouTube vlog. Yeah. Well, it's going to go back to, I have, 17 episodes right now so I don't do it daily since I run out I run out of ideas and stuff so I usually just try to do it when I feel that there's something important to be said and how I started it was uh, I started uh, I guess half a month ago or something and basically it's about um, Taylor Clark she started her her own vlog and she got called in by Gary Gary Vaynerchuk and from there, I, she's around my age, so I said that if she started, then I should start as well, seeing that I haven't released any video content other than, because before my YouTube channel was mostly concerts that I attended, yeah. so I basically deleted every video I had on my YouTube and restarted. Wow. So, yes. Wow, went, so you're fairly new as well. Yeah, well, I went from like uh, 500 views on some videos to zero. So that was a huge step back for me. But sometimes you need to cannibalize something to make something bigger. Like Apple has been famous about that, just killing product lines to make a new one better. Like they killed, they killed the iPod essentially to, to bring in the iPhone and to make it as important as it has become for them. Yeah. It's amazing. So it's Gary Vaynerchuk. So tell me, like, when did you first discover him and his content and his, what he does? 
Yeah, I think I discovered this content last um, around last summer, I guess, or near April or May or something like that. I think the first huge video I saw from him was the internship video. He was talking about how right now everyone's going to get that internship and that people are going to go and get it for free and that we're probably not going to learn anything, but it's all about making contacts and getting to know more people. And that's the most important part, whether that's giving coffee to your boss or doing tasks you're already doing and you know about, you won't learn that much, but it's all about making that, that next connection. It, that's amazing that I just seeing people jumping on, like I referred to this last year from maybe since March of 2016 till now as Davidasance for me. I first was very much well engulfed in what he was doing 10 years ago, back when he was blowing up with Wine Library and showing up on Conan. I bought Crush It back in 2009, read it, thought it had some great ideas, did dabbled with different things, played with blog talk radio, but then things stopped. And then last year, as he was promoting his Ask Gary V book, he was a guest on the James Altitude show. Are you familiar with him and his stuff? Uh, I'm not familiar, no. Well, he was he was a guest. James Altucher, he's a successful um, web designer turned VC, and he had Gary Vaynerchuk on it. He was and Gary was giving his you have to work spiel and you need to stop watching binge watching TV, and it woke me up to realize that okay, let me see what's going on with him. I'm someone who actually listened to every episode of Ask Gary V in the podcast form. Yeah. And real I didn't realize like how big VaynerMedia came. I didn't even realize he left Wine Library and was in New York and not even New Jersey. I actually had a I actually have a friend who I went to camp with who worked for VaynerMedia for a few years. He recently left. Yeah, he told me he's been on the back of sometimes in Daily V's. I know Gary V gave him a shout out in the audiobook version of the Ask Gary V book. And I didn't realize like wow. I think the thing that really hit me was there was an episode he did with a bunch of influencers, people that were very much engulfed in Instagram and Snapchat and a lot of the newer social media applications. And I realized, wow, had I stayed kept up with this a decade ago, who knows where I could be. And that's when I realized that I got to do something. So I was listening to the audio book version of, crush it a bunch of times on loop just driving around and then one day on my way to work i was listening i got into the parking spot i stopped the car i took my phone out i recorded a video and said that i'm making one video every day for 90 consecutive days and it became a challenge for me to make them new to make everything exciting i always have a question of the day i to make them as engaging as possible and that's where this content renaissance for myself, which led to this podcast, came from. How difficult was it to start? It wasn't... Well, let me first step back. Originally, about a, nine months before I did that first video, I recorded some interviews for, a, for the podcast. For anyone who listens or anyone who's subscribed to my podcast, which is yourfavoritepodcast.com. The name of the show is Eisenberg, but no one can spell my name, so I registered the domain yourfavoritepodcast.com. 
see the first episode I produced a year and a half before everything else started with two interviews of two wonderful friends. And I put it up on SoundCloud first. I didn't even figure out the process of how to submit it as a podcast. And I just let it sit for months and months and months and months. So, and I realized I, I felt it around, like I need to make stuff. So I realized the easiest way for me to do this is let me make a daily video. At that point, it was make, working around my schedule. I Right now, I have my day job, I'm a, I'm a supervisor at a, at a major retailer um, warehouse company that might ride with Schlashko or something like that. And my schedule changes every day. So I need to make sure I have that time to make that video, to upload that video. There's sometimes when I'm just really tired or... I just don't have that five seconds before I go to work to make the video. So it's been, so part one was, can I do 90 videos in 90 days? Yes. And then I, the 90th video was in December of 2016 where I realized, let me take a break right now. Maybe I'll do another 90 days. Maybe I'll do a hundred videos but I didn't want to do something else unless there was value to it. And I was learning something new and I was doing something new. Then I saw the interview that Gary Vaynerchuk did with Taylor Clark. And I, I listened to the original episode and I heard, Oh, the fabulous journey. And I followed on Instagram. Then I saw that Gary Vaynerchuk released that interview in a, in a blog post. And then just a 20 minute podcast just for that. And even though it was talking about people in their 20s, I realized I'm in my late 30s and this still reflects me. It's like, let me wake up and actually do this. That's when I combined what I'm doing. I combined, let me make another 90 videos, but this time it's 90 videos in 90 days to document myself and to provide accountability for myself to make the podcast. So today... I haven't made my video yet. Today will be day 32 of 90. And when this is released on the podcast, we way past that. And then once that, and those, once these 90 days are up, besides having one video every day for 90 days, the goal has been to produce and release 10 episodes of my podcast. And this episode, which we're recording right now, this is going to be episode seven. So 32 days into 90 days, I've already made seven of the 10 episodes that I've declared I'm going to make. And I think that's just a huge accomplishment at this point. Let me give this straight. So basically you're using all your video, all your interviews as a way to make your podcast. Yes. However, it's like my, my daily videos are selfie videos for the most part. Sometimes I'll, sometimes I'll have a guest. Sometimes I'll have my cats in the video. Sometimes I'll have my nieces. I did – one of my daily videos I did last week was with one, I, the, one of the people who I recorded the podcast. It was the first podcast which I recorded in person rather than online. And then once we were done with that, we did our, I did my daily video there. So the daily videos aren't so much about interviewing people, even though I'd like to expand further much 
in the video medium. I would love to make different kinds of videos, like interview videos, perhaps do man of the street reporting. I have a lot of ideas and also stuff that's maybe a little better produced. And I told you my cats are in the videos. <laughs> Here's one of my cats. Yeah, Kimba, my... Say hi, Kimba. <laughs> <laughs> But right now, I right now my projects are 90 videos to make 10 podcast episodes. And that doesn't mean I'm going to stop at 90 videos. That doesn't mean I'm going to stop at 10 podcast episodes. But the fact is that I've found a process and I've found a, a way of accountability to keep myself awake, to continue to produce content. And hopefully as, go, as it goes on, I become better at it. Yeah, I had a lot of trouble with that at first. I was really like camera shy for the first vlog, vlog number one, and it was with my cousin. It was a real in-person interview, so yeah, yes, and and you've gone ahead and you've interviewed some interesting people so far. I mean, professors. You had yeah. Taylor on the show. You've you, I like I mean that interview where you're talking about being an author and aspiring to be an author and just talking about publishing. That's something that also just was valuable. And the fact that that with, with your show being fairly new, you were able to ask questions and have a conversation that definitely connected with myself and I'm sure other people watching. Yeah. Well, that was a, that one was easier to get because I was a friends on LinkedIn. So we had a connection on LinkedIn and that's where the interview came from. A lot of my interviews um, usually come from social media. So um, like, well, I'll go back to Gary and I actually interviewed his friend Josh from the BAM show. Yeah. So I have an interview with him on, it's a, a written interview on my LinkedIn. Nice. Yeah, I got to speak with him too uh, on, um, we just we were just like uh, talking to each other via the Facebook camera video. So I got to talk to him for a few minutes as well to talk to him about my projects and stuff. And it was really interesting. That is interesting. I definitely got to check that out. What has your experience been using LinkedIn like in the last few years? Cause I know it's very different from 10 years ago when I was using it to help myself and everyone around me get jobs. Yeah. Well, at first I, I, I was applying to jobs and, I was applying quite early, so when I got called, I got calls back the next day, and they they wanted people right away. So as I'm graduating only later, so it didn't really work out. But then I was I rethinked the whole thing. So LinkedIn is is really great if you want to apply to a job, and they'll call you back if you're qualified. It goes really quickly. There's a, there's a a LinkedIn option where you can apply, and they send they send your LinkedIn profile to the company instead of sending back your resume and always uploading it. So yeah. that feature is great and it does work. I got calls back, but obviously since I didn't graduate yet, I couldn't start working. So yeah, there's progress with it. Like what other social media sites and apps and services do you use that maybe the rest of the world or maybe the people in your circle don't necessarily use or much? All right. So there's Instagram, but right now my Instagram is like locked or something. Cause no. Yeah. 
last night I tried logging in and I could not get in. So I have to try to settle that. I tried emailing, I emailed in the Instagram team and they said they couldn't unlock it or anything. Like, wow. like if they didn't have proof that it was me and so on, I would have to send like, they're like, oh, you would have to send us a tax receipt or something. I'm like, yeah, but I'm not making money with my Instagram. Like, right. I don't have money made from copywriting. Right. Like, about 10 years ago, I was actually locked out of my LinkedIn, yeah. and I ended up going on LinkedIn, finding an employee at Facebook to unlock me. That's horrible, man. Like, yep. Uh, By any chance, do you use Qura? Um, yeah, I heard about it, Like, but what is it? QR, it's a it's it's an acronym for question or answer. It's a question and answer network where people will will ask questions and people will answer. And it's think of it as like a more professional version of Yahoo Answers or the old LinkedIn Answers. Yeah. And it's it's something which they try to become like the world's biggest knowledge base. I've found a lot of success in it. I've there have actually been answers and that I've written where I get an email from Cure where they ask if they can publish my answers in Forbes, which they do sometimes. So I actually got a bunch of stuff published in Forbes as a result of writing on Cure. But I find that it's one of, it's in some ways I find it's a, this top secret. Like Gary Vaynerchuk actually once wrote a post about like, cause there was someone asked a question, why doesn't Gary Vaynerchuk use Cure? So he responded it's a great service, but I just don't use it for because of the time. But it's something where if if you're a writer and if you like communicating with words and if you have not lots of knowledge, it's definitely a great one to use. Yeah, I'll definitely check it. So right now, other than my Instagram being locked or hacked or whatever it is, so it's a great great tool. Yeah, when it works, so. <laughs> I, I got a lot of, I try to get a lot of interviews by using it, by DMing people. Some people are, don't even know that there's a chat in there, so. Honest, know. Honestly, the first time I used the chat was, was when, when I joined that group that we're in, which is how we met. Yeah. We, we can thank Steven for inviting me. Yeah. He invited me too, yeah. Excellent. Yeah, he, he's great. It's just... It's just amazing just connecting with people. Like I've been following like the guests that everyone in that group has had on their shows and just finding more people. In some ways I find this is like a different version of about a decade ago when I was going to a lot of meetups in New York City and just meeting a lot of people in the New York tech scene. And it's the same but different because we're all in different cities. We're not yeah. – we're not – physically meeting we're not all going out to having drinks like every monday or tuesday but i find that there's just this real connection and there are people that are genuinely out here that want to help each other yeah well i would really like to meet everyone that's for sure if yes that ever happens i would love to meet all my guests that i had on the show that's for sure like talking from a like messaging them i don't know there's always something missing, I find, but that's the best we can get so far. So, 3D printing, VR, but yeah. yes, but the fact that we can all communicate with each other, mm -hmm. 
and and that the technology keeps on getting cheaper and better. The yeah. audio quality is better. The video chats, I remember in the 80s, video chat was just this dream that, oh, this can't happen. We can't have everyone can use video phones in the distant future. Guess what? It's here and it's good. Yeah. And that's how we were able to do this interview today. If so, Antoine, do you have any final questions for me? Yeah, well, let's see. Um, not really. <laughs> ah. <laughs> <laughs> Let me think. Um, um, all right, so a final question. Um, what do you expect to happen in the next five years with um, your branding, your podcast, your ongoing projects? Honestly, I don't know. It's it's funny because it's like I, I've over the years have been a manager. I've I've sometimes been in charge of internship programs. I used to always ask a lot of five years. What are you gonna do in five years? For me, I just want to be, I just want to be able to be happy, to that my family and friends are ha- are happy and healthy and afford to live the life that I le- that I need. Hope. Hopefully, I'll be producing some really great content, whether it's this podcast, whether I continue with this podcast, whether it's different shows, audio, video, writing. I just, it came to a point where it's not so much about, I need to do this to make money. I just, like, I'm happy with the job I have. I've been, in the last year, I've been listening to this podcast that started on January 1st called Side Hustle School. Is it? Are you familiar with it? You should check it out. Familiar. I don't listen to a lot of podcasts. Okay, but... we're gonna listen to this one. Yes. Or, yes, but yeah, side hustle school. It's it's this daily podcast by this guy Chris Gillibald. I think you talked about like author of the one hundred dollars startup, where every day he profiles one person who has a full time job but has made a successful side hustle, making money on the side. Sometimes. This side hustle might make a few hundred a month. Sometimes it, the, the side hustle exceeds the amount of money that they make at work. I'm just looking at not stopping at one kind of job. I'm just looking to make. I'm just look, but I'm looking to be creative and also be able to afford to live the life that I want. That sounds good. Excellent. Yeah, tell me where we can find your your work on the podcast. Is it on the smartphone or is it on just on the web or? Well. I you can check out my my last name's Eisenberg. Most of my content is at eisenberg.com. That's I S A N B E R G. However, as I said earlier in the show, because a lot of people don't know how to spell the weird spelling of my name, for my podcast, I registered the domain yourfavoritepodcast.com because Eisenberg is your favorite podcast. And if you haven't listened to it yet, it will be your favorite podcast. And also, Eisenberg is my handle on most social media, whether it's Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. Still got to change my name on Snapchat. I don't like the idea that I have to close my account and open a new account if I want to change my name. All right. Thank you. Excellent. And also, Antoine, where can we find you since this is on my show too? Yes. So right now, you can find me on Instagram, but I am not answering because I'm not blocked, attacked. Whatever it is. So uh, Instagram, uh, Antoine underscore Eraldi, 
And all my handles are different. So Twitter, I think it's just Antoine Araldi. Facebook, um, Antoine Araldi Writer. And you can visit me on AntoineAraldi.com. That's my new website. Excellent. And just one final comment. I love the theme song. Oh, thanks. You can thank uh, Ben Events for that. He's the one who wrote it. All uh, right. Yeah, I've been recording with him for uh, a few months now. I have music on my own that he uh, recorded and produced. That That's exciting, Antoine. It's been great meeting you, great talking to you in person. And I'm sure we'll be in touch and perhaps even meet in person soon. Yeah, all right. Okay. All right. You have a good one. And thank you to Antoine Araldi for being our guest. We hope that you had a great time experiencing our joint interview. You've been listening to Eisenberg, your favorite podcast. We invite you to check out my website at eisenberg.com. That is I, S as in Sam, A, N as in November, B, E, R, G, dot com. And if you can't spell my name, you can easily go to your favorite podcast.com. Until next time, you have a good eyes. Open.